Talk about movies, huh? Let's do it. Well, welcome back to WTM. Watch this movie. I am your host, Eric Mulder. So he says, wrecked him, damn near killed him. Joining me today, Mr. Brett. What's going on? Hey, yo. I'm kicking alive, homie. Kicking the stupid dog moves. Busting it out. Busting it out. Last but not least, Mr. Jason Neeling. What's Hello. up? What's up? Jason's a legend, Jimmy. A legend. Today, what do we got on the docket? Well, kind of a slow news cycle, I guess. So we're just going to do our recently seen episode today. Um, you know, Can starts next month. M. Spiff is starting up here in the Twin Cities, which is our international film festival, but... We'll just wait to do some stories maybe in a week or two. We'll have another news episode, but right now, let's get into some recently seen. What did you see, Clarice? What did you see? Let's have uh, Brett. You want to kick us off? Sure. Me too. Sure, I'll go first. First movie from 2017, Brigsby Bear. Brigsby Bear. Brigsby Bear. Uh, directed by Dave McCary, starring Kyle Mooney, Mark Hamill, Jane Addams, Greg Kinnear, Matt Walsh, uh, Michaela Watkins. That's about it. Uh, Brigsby Bear Adventures is a children's TV show produced for an audience of one, James. When the show abruptly ends, James's life changes forever, and he sets out to finish the story himself. So, uh, this is a pretty fantastic movie. Um, fantastic movie. Glowing reviews uh, from Wolf E.T. I would say soonish, actually, uh, for this one. Um, there's a pretty big uh, plot point that happens early in the movie, so I don't want to talk about too much of the plot, because uh, it's probably better if you don't have it spoiled for you. But it's, uh, it's a pretty original story. Um, like the synopsis says, uh, this James character is obsessed with this show called Brigsby Bear Adventures, and he's watched it a new episode every week since he was a child, and now he's in his 20s. And uh, something happens, and the show just stops, and he figures out that he was the only one that knew about the show. So uh, he's, his life is turned upside down, and, and he's got to try to... Uh, come to terms with it and and make the best of it. It was uh, pretty different than most movies I've ever seen. It seemed pretty original, uh, pretty original idea. Uh, Kyle Mooney was really good as the uh, as James. 
uh, Kyle Mooney from Saturday Night Live. Okay. I don't think he does. I don't watch that show too much, but I don't think he does a lot of characters. Mm-hmm. But, um, and then uh, Greg Kinnear and Matt Walsh and all the other actors were pretty good in it too. Um, yeah, I'd heard good things about it. But. It's what they say in an industry. Uh, it's a it's a movie with heart. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, it's it's got it's Barracuda a bit of, that type of stuff. <laughs> good yeah. soundtrack. Uh, I don't remember what the soundtrack was, honestly. <laughs> but uh, it's, uh, what was I saying now? It's it's kind of a comedy drama, so there's there's dramatic elements, and then there's some funny parts. Um, but it's it's it'll pull on your heartstrings a little bit, uh, but it's not too mushy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like I said, it's really good. I'd recommend it. Uh, Brigsby Bear rated as soonish all right would you say it's a family movie um what's it rated it's pg-13 okay so probably a little bit uh there's some stuff there's some teenage party scenes uh and some uh, like sexual innuendo Mm -hmm. here and there but it's not like overtly bad like it's not like uh really uh egregious if you will so, yeah, it could probably be a family movie. Is that Brigsby Bear character from something? No. It almost sounds familiar, but... I don't so, want to spoil anything, but... You yeah. know, like, it's an original story, though? Like, it's not based on a book or anything? I don't think so. I think it was based on a story from Kyle Mooney. I think he was credited as mm. coming up with the story. Cool. So... All right, Jay Bird, what do you got? All right, I am going to be talking about Peter Rabbit 2018. Ooh. It's got James Corden, Faisal Batsy, maybe? hope I'm pronouncing that right. Never heard of him. Domino Gleason, Sia, Colin Moody, Sam Neill, who I totally did not recognize, Margot Robbie, Elizabeth Debicki, Daisy Ridley, Rose Byrne, pretty big names. Let's see, directed by Will Gluck. And there's a synopsis in here. Warning spoilers, it says. Don't read the spoiler one. Oh, geez, this is like an entire, <laughs> like it covers the entire plot, basically. We'll go to the, just the basic little blurb. Feature adaptation of Beatrix Potter's classic tale of a rebellious rabbit trying to sneak into a farmer's vegetable garden. That's pretty much it. Uh, So people might remember Peter Rabbit from their childhoods, perhaps. I believe there were books and some animations a long time ago. So this is kind of a little bit of a sequel to those stories because uh, originally Peter Rabbit is always running from Mr. McGregor, who's trying to get him out of his garden. Uh, And at the beginning of this one... Old Mr. McGregor kind of goes away, and this one is mostly about his nephew, I believe, who never really knew about him. He just kind of inherits his place. And, uh, you know, there's some fun animal hijinks. Um, There's a little bit of romance. I don't know. I would say it's a pretty average, generic family movie. 
comedy. There's some good comedy, some good laughs, you know, good original jokes. You got your, you know, your little romance thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So that's. So it sounds to me like you're thinking last resort. For me, yeah. I mean, there was nothing that really stuck out about it. Like, I don't watch a lot of family movies, but I saw, what was that one, Coco? Mm-hmm. That was really good. Yeah. This one, eh, it's, 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 not, it's not a bad movie. It's a big meh. Yeah. Nothing really grabbed me. I saw the commercials on TV for Peter Rabbit, and I was trying to figure out how Peter Rabbit is the protagonist when he's... Uh, trespassing on the the guy's garden and then he's like attacking the guy for trying to protect his garden and peter rabbit is the hero yeah he's kind of a dick but then the other guy's kind of a dick too i mean he well i I don't want to spoil anything but he's he's kind of a dick too peter rabbit has no respect for people's personal property (laughs) what a terrible role model well it's kind of like peter rabbit and the new Mr. McGregor are both kind of into this lady, but they're feuding bet- like with each other kind of behind her back. That's fucking weird. <laughs> well, for Peter, it's not so much a romantic thing, if that's what you're thinking. More that's the, that's a, the way it sounded. <laughs> I guess. Uh, <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Last resort, I think, is fair my personal opinion all right so we already have one soonish one last resort i will do and eventually the eventually is black panther i saw black panther in the theater did it change your life not quite (laughs) (laughs) well you're you're not the target market though (laughs) target market you're not the target smoking (laughs) so Directed by Ryan Coogler. Also, he wrote a part of that with some other people. Starring Chadwick Boseman, Michael B. Jordan, Lupita Nyong'o, uh, Denai Guria. Uh, I'm probably fucking up her name, but that's Michonne from The Walking Dead, who I'm a big fan of. Um, her more than The Walking Dead, even though it's the same thing. But you, don't, you don't know what her name is? Well, D-A-N-A-I... And then last name is G-U-R-I-R-A. Denai Guria? You ever have that? Word you can't get? Don't know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, she's Michonne in The Walking Dead. Probably one of the best things about The Walking Dead. She had a pretty badass entrance, her character. That was yeah. one of the coolest parts of that show. Yeah. And then it just started a nosedive. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um... Martin Freeman is in here. Daniel Kaluuya. Martin uh, Freeman's in there? Oh, yeah. They had, he, to get, they had to get more than one white guy in here. Is he the bad guy? Eh, not so much. Uh, Letita Wright. Letitia? Yeah, Letitia Wright. Winston Duke. Forrest Whitaker. Andy Serkis. Uh, David S. Lee. That's about it. Storyline. T'Challa, or Chala. King of Wakanda rises to the throne in the isolated, technologically advanced African nation, but his claim is challenged by a vengeful outsider who was a childhood victim of Chala's father's mistake. So, 
obviously this is uh breaking records you know box office records all over um seems like every week i think it's now like top three grossing movie at least domestically is it it just passed titanic the other day so maybe that's maybe it's number two now anyways yeah it's obviously been a huge huge success here in the states and worldwide made over a billion already worldwide in terms of the marvel universe it inhabits i would say this is definitely one of the better marvel movies not a huge i mean i watch maybe a little over half of the marvel movies um enjoy them enough some are better than others compared to the superhero movies in general these days the dc ones you know it's a lot of superhumans teaming up to fight other superhumans and it doesn't interest me all that much but i think the black panther's greatest strength is in its story um i found it pretty interesting the characters and like the setting it was in like the kind of world building that they do i thought that was the strongest part of black panther uh the action was average especially for a marvel movie you know a lot of a lot more cgi and it's kind of like eh when there's big action set pieces and CGI is involved, it kind of negates the spectacle of the action. But anyways, um, performances were good. Uh, Chadwick Boseman and Michael B. Jordan were pretty great. I kind of have to single out Andy Serkis because, you know, everyone always knows him from, he's the, you know, motion capture guy, you know? Because hmm. he was Gollum in Lord of the Rings, and he was the Caesar in the New Apes movies, and he was Snoke in Star Wars. So you never see this fucking guy. He's always, here's voice, voice is, but you never see him. I don't know, he got ripped as fuck for this movie. He is jacked out of his mind. He looks really? like he's on the roids. <laughs> but I thought he was great in here. I was kind of wondering the whole time, like, God, why don't we see him more? He was a delight. He was a, he's a, he's a villainous character and kind of like a mercenary type. And uh, I thought he was pretty fun in here. I'd really like to see him in more things, you know. In front of the camera, not, you know, CGI it out, or yeah, or CGI it end rather, <laughs> technically. Well, he's there with the suit with the little balls on him, and then they yeah, but they're not always filming that. They, they just like track up. the balls, and then they put it in the movie. Sometimes, well, I don't know. It's kind of semantics. <laughs> Anyways. That's exactly bottom line, what it is. It's not kind of semantics. No. Bottom line <laughs> is, I think he should do more live action stuff. I don't even know if I'd recognize him. You'd have to come in. Even if you had a, you know, came in with a shirt that says, I'm Andy Serkis, I don't know if I'd know it was him. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, Black Panther, I'd say WTM, watch this movie eventually. Good bit of fun. All right, Brett, what else do you have? I have my next one's from 1987. Hollywood Shuffle. Directed by Robert Townsend. Starring Robert Townsend, uh, Helen Martin, Starletta Dupois. Let's see who else. Keenan Ivory Wayans. Don Reed. Kim Wayans. Dom Herrera. Damon Wayans is in there. John Witherspoon. And Paul Mooney's in there. Ooh, Paul Mooney. Yeah, that Paul Mooney. Who are all these other weigh-ins? 
You don't know Damon or Keenan Ivory? No, those Damon. are like the main weigh-ins. There are the three main weigh-ins, right? <laughs> there are the main weigh-ins before uh, Marwin and Sean. Okay. Became the and, main weigh-ins. And Kim. How old are they in this movie? I don't know. This was before In Living Color. It was eighty-seven. Okay. Yeah. So uh, let's see. Plot summary: An actor limited to stereotypical roles because of his ethnicity dreams of making it big as a highly respected performer. As he makes his rounds, the film takes a satirical look at African-American actors in Hollywood. This movie was fantastic. It's a, like I said, it's a satire of like stereotypical roles in Hollywood for African-Americans. Um, Robert Townsend plays a struggling actor. He goes out for an audition for a highly stereotypical uh, like a gangster type role. And while he's there, there's a guy who's sitting there waiting to audition with him. And he says, you know, we got to stop playing gangsters and slaves and butlers and have a little dignity. And so he starts thinking to himself, you know, well, you know, what what kind of roles am I taking? Is, is it, you know, the stereotypical roles or, you know, am I taking roles that, you know, are dignified? And then throughout the movie, there's like vignettes of him like daydreaming about himself in movies and like it starts off with the more stereotypical like slave and butler roles and then it kind of progresses to more you know dignified roles um that he pictures himself in and it's hilarious it's it's great movie for his his work outside of acting he works at a uh, hot dog stand that's owned by john witherspoon which is hilarious. He works there with one of the Wayans brothers. One of the characters in the movie is a... Uh, there's there's like a sitcom with a black actor who plays like a, a vampire. I forget what the character's name. Let me, let me look up the character here quick. Baddie Boy. He plays Baddie Boy. And he's like... He's a he's a guy dressed as a bat with little wings on his head. And then he can turn into an actual bat. And he lives with a white family, and so that's one of the main characters to show, you know, what a joke, you know, Hollywood thinks these black actors are. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a pretty satirical uh, look, uh, like I said. It's probably just as relevant today, especially with the uh, more focus on diversity and whatnot in films. So I would give it a soonish. I would just do this one, a soonish for this one also. Hmm. Hollywood Shuffle. So is there much? You said there were a lot of vignettes of these different roles that he's imagining, or yeah. Is there much plot to it besides that? Like, how are the vignettes mostly like all all the movie is, or is there more of a framework so, around it? So the plot is like him going out for the role, and then like having to do a callback, and then deciding whether or not he wants to take the role. And then within that, the like break from that to do the vignettes, and it's like a, it's almost like a dream sequence almost that they, or a fantasy, and they'll do that. They'll break up the main story with those. Cool. So it's not too long. It's like eighty minutes. So, but it's it might have been one of Robert Townsend's first movies. It was apparently a really low budget, but fantastic cool jason what else you got 
I got Ready Player One, 2018. A uh, Steven Spielberg movie, which I didn't even realize until I saw the credits. Because oh, really? again, I went in knowing nothing about this movie. Yeah, folks at home, Jason doesn't really like to watch trailers or anything like that. He's like the Frank Costanza of the podcast. <laughs> yes, so I gotta go in fresh. <laughs> you uh, you pretty much just look at like Rotten Tomato scores or other reviews and like, oh, this it seems um, like people like this, so I'll go check it out. Yeah, mostly before I see movies in the theater, all I know about it is maybe I've seen like the movie poster mm-hmm. or. Maybe maybe I've seen Rotten Tomato score. I'll look at that if I'm like not sure. Like I feel like going to the movie theater, but I don't know what I want to see. Mm-hmm. I can just kind of see what people generally like, or even the critics generally like. Pay more attention to the critic score than the audience score. Yeah. But well, and a lot of times it's just what my girlfriend wants to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. That will yeah. happen. So, Ready Player One got Ty Sheridan. Never seen him before. Have you guys seen him in anything? Yeah, uh, several times. He's a really good young actor. Yeah? Name one. Name one that he's been in? Yeah. Mud. I haven't seen it. Never heard of it. I've heard of it. I haven't seen it. Olivia Cook. He's also the new Cyclops. Cyclops. Oh. X-Men. Oh. Like and new like, one as in like in the last movie or yeah. in the... Apocalypse. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got Olivia Cook. I saw her in Bates Motel. She was pretty good in that. Pretty good in this. Ben Mendelsohn. Lena Waithe, maybe. I think that's how it's pronounced. She was in uh, Master of None. Okay. Uh, I don't know show. why you're looking at me because I don't watch Master of None. Have you I seen Master of None? I, no. You guys know what I it is? I can't support that terrible person, uh, Aziz Ansari. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's got <laughs> poor Aziz. Um, poor Aziz. <laughs> well, he's he's getting hand jobs, and he's not giving hand jobs. He's he's not the victim. <laughs> uh, moving on, uh, we got T.J. Miller. He's pretty funny. He was pretty funny in this too. Uh, I heard he just got arrested. Oh yeah, he called in a fake bomb threat. What? Yeah. Where and why? Well, he was well, on Am- he's TJ Miller. That's he was on an Amtrak train and he called the police saying there was a, a bomb in this uh woman's luggage that she needed needed to be checked out, that type of thing. Okay. And there's like multiple layers of how like the story was bullshit because like initially, like I guess he gave the wrong train number so they checked the wrong train and when they got the right one nothing was found and then there was other people alleged that he was shit-faced in the train ride and then he got into an argument with this woman and it was kind of like you know revenge you know wanted to call the cops and everything yeah he got arrested or yeah i think he he had like a hundred grand bail it was like a big bail Hmm. yeah i guess you can't really fool around with bond threats (laughs) i guess (laughs) especially on you know Public transportation. Honestly, I uh, pretty uh, that story about him being shit faced is pretty believable. Well, I heard heard originally that he was just leaving Silicon Valley that show. Really, and then it was all of a sudden like I read the other day like no no he got fired or not welcomed back type of thing huh. because of oh they said you know he 
maybe show up drunk or hungover or I guess his alcohol abuse was getting in the way of work. And um, I think he did a couple of, I don't know, I guess un-Me Too movement things at work type of thing. I don't Uh. think like sexual harassment or assault, but I don't know. I'm guessing he did something that pissed people off. Hmm. Well, that's a shame. I thought he was one of the funniest people on that show. Yeah. I haven't seen it, but I do... I love TJ Miller and the other things he's been in that I've seen, yeah. like a movies I've seen him in. I'm like, yeah, he's really funny, but yeah, he's the star of, uh, fix <laughs> that movie. I can't remember now. Yogi, the bear two, one and two. Isn't it? I forget. Like he had a standup special. He, he made everybody introduce himself, him as the, uh, the star of Yogi bear two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Ready Player One. <laughs> okay, Ready Player One. We also have Simon Pegg, Mark Rylance, Philip Zhao, a bunch of other people. Here's a little synopsis for you. When the creator of a virtual reality world called the Oasis dies, he releases a video in which he challenges all Oasis users to find his Easter egg, which will give the finder his fortune. Which is not 100% accurate, I don't think. I think it gives the finder the oasis itself, like bit, like control of this virtual world, basically. So, yeah, this is a cool idea. Like, it's a thing that's been on a lot of people's minds lately, I think, just the idea of a virtual reality world. Now that we mm-hmm. have stuff like the Oculus Rift, you know... Uh, Whatever other PlayStation VR, Vive, sex robots, <laughs> sure, all that kind of stuff. It's, I don't know, I think it's making the future pretty exciting because I could see in a couple decades something like this becoming real, um, which is pretty awesome. Like the virtual world that they build, basically, the idea is that everyone on Earth is actually living inside this virtual reality world. And they can be whoever they want. It's called the Matrix. <laughs> Except this time they know they're in it. But uh, so people can do whatever they want. They can live their most of their lives in this world. They just need to unplug to eat and poop and sleep, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's cool. But at the same time, it's a little bit of a dystopian apocalyptic thing because everybody's living in these basically slums just like giant they call them the stacks these big stacks of like mobile homes that kind of thing and because nobody needs anything besides their virtual reality rig so does the real world look like blade runner a little bit um kind of even more dingy though how do you get get dingier than well it just looks i mean in blade runner the buildings look like buildings right like Big companies built these skyscrapers and stuff. In this movie, it's like the skyscrapers are clearly just cobbled together by the people that live in there. Mm. Like they just stack up a bunch of mobile homes. We're going to build our own buildings. That type of thing. Yeah, yeah, kind of. So it's an interesting setting. Uh, Most of the movie takes place in the virtual world. So it's pretty much all like CGI and... I mean, it's it's pretty visually stunning. Like, they do a good job 
of making things pretty and interesting mm-hmm. looking in there. As I said in the synopsis, the story is basically there's this world, they call it the Oasis, and the creator of the Oasis dies. But when he dies, there's this video that he has put out that he made uh, that talks about how he has created these three Easter eggs that he's hidden in this world. And whoever finds these Easter eggs and kind of solves the puzzle gains control of that entire world. So it's kind of pretty high stakes, right? Because everybody on Earth is basically living inside this world. You're, you're kind of handing the whole world to this one person. So, of course, a lot of people are going after it. You got, I mean, just all the people living in these slums, basically, of course, going after it. But then there are also big companies that want control of it for advertising mm. reasons. You know, obviously, that would be hugely... I mean, there are a lot of opportunities for profit if a company were to... It's not hugely, it's, it's bigly. Oh, sorry. <laughs> My mistake. It's the presidential. <laughs> it's <that>. bigly? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so, it's a fun movie. The big companies are kind of hiring these armies of people to try to go after these Easter eggs. And uh, the Easter eggs, everybody has to kind of know a lot about the creator himself to find these Easter eggs. Like, they're all kind of based on what he is a, was about as a person. So, in kind of researching and exploring his life, there are a lot of references in this movie to pop culture from, like, the 80s up through, I don't know, late 90s or something. So, you know, people that grew up around that time would see a lot of nostalgic things in this movie. That's mm-hmm. kind of fun to see. So are the Easter eggs like literal Easter eggs? They're basically puzzles that someone needs to solve, like things that they have to do. But the only way you would know to even do those things is to kind of know about the creator and what was important to him, if that makes sense. I was just making a joke. Hmm. (laughs) They actually are keys once they solve them. There are these keys that they get, but I know it's a metaphor. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) that's good. So there were a couple of things that kind of bugged me about this movie. One was they kind of beat the audience over the head with exposition, maybe because they're assuming that people don't really understand this whole virtual reality thing. Or maybe they kids seeing it probably maybe, or maybe they're just assuming that the audience is stupid, because I mean there are times when in one scene they're talking about this thing and you can kind of you can figure out what they're talking about and then in the next scene, they talk about that exact same thing, in a lot more detail, like between two characters that already know this stuff. There's no reason for them to mm-hmm. say this to each other. So that kind of bugged me, and then the other thing is just like I've I've done a little bit of research about how virtual reality works and how like the ideas for how we can make it like a full body experience so that people can like stand in a room and feel like they're walking in all different directions without actually moving so at the beginning of the movie they kind of set that up where the guy plugs into his rig and he has like this multi-directional treadmill 
basically so that he can just sit in like this truck and you know walk in any direction and he's got a haptic feedback suit so he can feel everything that's going on I'm like okay that's cool that's i mean based on the technology we have right now it makes sense that that's what it's going to look like but then later in the movie they have people where they show them in the oasis running around like long distances doing all this stuff interacting with things and then they show them in the real world and they're like walking around in the street like, that doesn't make any sense you could just run into the side of a building and you'd have no idea it was there while mm-hmm. you're plugged into the virtual world. So that kind of bugged me. But right. for the most part, it's a pretty entertaining movie. Uh, like I said, a lot of pop, pop culture references that are kind of fun to see. It's very set in a point in time because, I mean, 30 years from now, there aren't going to be as many people that get those references. And... I mean, 30 years from now, we might have a world that's pretty similar to the one in the movie. Or maybe it'll be totally different, and this will be one of those things where people look back at the movie and it's like, wow, they t- got it totally wrong, you know? But uh, I'd give it an eventually. Okay. Fun to watch. Don't wait too long to see it, or it might not turn out to be a... <laughs> or maybe it'll be more entertaining when you're like, people that wrote this were stupid. I thought I thought Lawnmower Man mastered uh, virtual reality in 1990. What about, I don't uh, understand that reference. The Lawnmower Man. What is the Lawnmower Man? It's a movie from 1990. It was <laughs> David. It was David Koresh's favorite movie. Did you know that? <laughs> Jesus no. himself. David Koresh's favorite movie was the Lawnmower Man. I learned that watching the uh, the miniseries on Paramount Network. A miniseries about. About uh, Waco. Yeah. Hmm. It's called Waco. It's pretty good. Cool. Yeah, I listened to some podcasts about him recently. Interesting. It's pretty hilarious. Michael Shannon had to watch Lawnmower Man. He's like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, really not that good. All right. Well, let's shift gears a little bit. I'm going to talk about a Netflix movie. Ooh. Game over. Man, game over, man. Came out 2018, directed by Kyle Nuichek. You always know Kyle's got to fit in there somewhere, right? Starring Adam Devine, Anders Holm, Blake Anderson, Chloe Bridges. Did you say Adam Devine? Yeah, that's his name. Okay. Just making sure it wasn't Adam Levine. (laughs) Uh, Daniel Stern is also in here. Neil McDonough, Rana Murta, Sam Richardson. Mm, that's about it. Uh, Shaggy's in here. Shaggy? The rapper? Yeah, yeah it wasn't me. Really? <laughs> yeah. He uh, is... Mr. Boombastic himself. Yeah, Mr. Boombastic is forced to sing It Wasn't Me at gunpoint. <laughs> uh, Storyline is... Three friends are on the verge of getting their video game financed when their benefactor is taken hostage by terrorists. Shaggy's their benefactor? No. <laughs> He's just there. It's a hotel. Okay. So the workaholics guys, you know, Adam Blake and Anders, obviously they have different names in here, but they're all maids at a hotel. Can you give me a genre here? Is this supposed to be a funny thing? It's comedy. Action okay. comedy. Okay. Um, it's basically a... It's an homage to Die Hard. 
Mm. You know, it's kind of just a funny version of Die Hard. And they make multiple references to Die Hard as well. It's not like they're just sneaking on by with the, with the you know plot and whatnot. It's just you know because they they are in their show they would always reference movies constantly every episode. And they've talked about Die Hard before, and so this seems like a logical I don't know next step, and I guess in their evolution as they transition to film. Uh. There's a lot of good lines in here, some funny stuff, definitely some lines we could actually use on the show probably um, for sound clips. Overall, though, I was a little disappointed. I guess I have to call it a last resort. I mean, I think it starts off pretty fast, pretty funny, but it, it kind of slows down a little bit, and they get into the like the dick humor. There's a lot of dicks in here, and to the point where it's like, okay, we get it, you know. As many as super bad. Superbad doesn't have that. Superbads are all me. like uh, drawings. Yeah. You're talking about actual dicks. Yeah. Okay. A lot of dicks. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of dicks in here. Um, a lot of, you know, some gay sexual acts, things like that. That's okay. about as much as I'll get into it. Is but it? they're doing it for comedy, right? Yeah, they're doing it for comedy, but it gets to be a little much. Yeah. Could it be like, could you use a clip from Reservoir Dogs where... Uh, Mr. Brown was talking about the dick machine. Dick, 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 dick. Yeah. How and many dicks is that? It's it's a lot. <laughs> or just the same dick over and over again for an extended period of time. Oh, goodness. So it's a lot of that. I mean, that could be funny. Hey, it's a dick. It's funny, you know, blah, blah, blah. But then it's like over and over again. And it's like, uh. Um, it's an hour and 41 minutes. So I don't know, maybe it just needed to be. You know, I'm not never one for really advocating for cutting down run times in movies because I generally don't give a shit how long a movie is, as long as it's entertaining enough. Or, mm. But this one might have benefited from being shorter, maybe by 10 minutes, just cut out some of it. Cut out some the dicks. stuff that, well, it's just that it goes into overdrive, and you're just like, I don't know why you needed to do that. Mm. It's kind of right. taking some of the comedy away a little bit. It's not as edgy as it used to be, you know? Yeah. I watched Forgetting Sarah Marshall Mm -hmm. not long ago. There's a surprising amount of dick in that movie. Yeah. I think Jason Segel just likes showing his. I guess. (laughs) That's probably it. A surprise for you. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I would... uh, I'll give it a last resort. Although, like I said, there's still a lot of funny stuff in here. Um, If you like the Workaholics show and those guys... Definitely check this out. I'll I'll probably watch it again. It's on Netflix. It's free, you know. So I'm not Next, overly well, disappointed. I mean, it's what eight ninety nine a month. Well, no, it's about <laughs> damn near ten ninety nine a month now. Mm. The tax, it's like damn near eleven bucks. Saw my statement the other day. Yeah, I was like, Netflix is up over ten. What? Mm. I was grandfathered in. Did like they not, eight years ago? Did they not notify you? No, they they do once in a while, but it's like it's one of those emails where hey, you know your fee's not changing right now, but in a year it's gonna go up a dollar, <laughs> and then three years after that it's gonna go up another dollar. So yeah. it's like, well, here's your email that you're not gonna look at three years from now when you're confused. But anyways, yeah, like I said, if you like those guys, you'll probably you'll you'll at least enjoy this. It might not be your favorite, but I just thought it was a little. A little disappointing. I think these guys can do better. I think they will. 
But yeah, game over, man. What's your last film of the day, Brett? My last one is uh, the latest HBO documentary, Andre the Giant. A look at the life and career of professional wrestler Andre Rusimov, who gained notoriety in the 1980s as Andre the Giant. Uh, this is pretty fascinating. Uh, they have a lot of stuff uh, that I hadn't seen before. A lot of they actually had, like video from when he was younger when he first started uh, in wrestling in France uh, before he came over to North America uh, before he got really fucking big. Um, Literally or figuratively? Uh, both. <laughs> so back when he was only like three eighty. <laughs> But, uh, and, uh, like, there's stuff that I, I hadn't, uh, heard before, like, um, like, when he first started wrestling, he wrestled under the name, uh, Jean Ferre, and he was a lumberjack. He, uh, his gimmick was he was a lumberjack, because hmm. he was a big dude, and, uh, so they'd, like, show him chopping wood out in the, the middle of, uh, the forest, and then he's like, well, I'm lumberjack, but I want to... I want to be a wrestler and then so it, it chronicles kind of that and they have interviews with his siblings um they have interviews with other uh, wrestlers like hulk hogan rick flair um who else did they have in there vince mcmahon does an interview there's some uh, wrestling historians that they interview rob reiner billy crystal robin wright are in there um Wh- why from oh, they, the, they acted with him from the Princess Bride. Oh, right, right, of course. Yep. Yeah. So there's a lot of there's a lot of good stories about um, backstage uh, while he was you know wrestling. Uh, stories from on the set uh, of the Princess Bride, kind of all, all the struggles he went through as far as being a giant and not being able to fit in anything or be comfortable in any you know furniture or airplane or all the struggles you had to go through and stuff like that so Mm -hmm. they talk about some of the the myths that kind of built up about him uh one of the things that i thought was interesting was vince mcmahon admits that he made up that andre the giant has 82 teeth (laughs) (laughs) and and he's like people just believed me you know (laughs) and rick flair was talking about uh, somebody told him that andre had two hearts and two rows of teeth and so, like, every time he was around him, he's, like, looking at his mouth. He's, like, trying to check out, look for the second row of teeth. And he's, like, I, I still believe he had a two hearts till he died. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, there's stories about his, uh, his drinking. Uh, there's stories. They do, like, three minutes on his farts. <laughs> oh, you like Why to, were they killer? Uh, apparently, he would uh, just, like, trap people in small places and just let go. <laughs> um so anybody want a peanut (laughs) they played that clip too um so it's it's pretty fascinating even if you're not a wrestling fan i mean it's it's pretty interesting to to hear all the you know mythology that built up around andre and um they talk about princess bride at all yeah they do yeah there's a pretty good section on that um so like robin wright they talk about how the, the hardest scenes for him to film in The Princess Bride were, like, the fight scenes because he couldn't move because he had a bad back and bad knees. 
Um, and how there's a scene where Robin Wright like falls off a castle and he catches her and how, um, she had to be on wires so that he, he didn't have to support her weight cause he was so weak at the time. Hmm. Uh, they tell a story about how he got drunk on set one time. There's, there's a lot of stuff like that. So cool. Um, really interesting. Uh, I'd give it an eventually, um, Obviously, if you're a wrestling fan, you'll enjoy it. If you're not, I think you'll still get a kick out of it because, mm-hmm. I mean, he was popular. He transcended wrestling. He was popular outside of wrestling. So, yeah. Eventually, Andre the Giant. Nice. It's All on right. HBO now. All right, Jason, what's your last movie today? My last one is a Japanese movie called Tag. That's the American title uh, from 2015. Uh, it's got Reina Trendle, Mariko Shinoda, Erina Mano, Yuki Sakurai, Aki Hiraoka, Ami Tomite, Mika Akizuki, and some more people. Uh, directed by Sion Sono. You heard of that director? Who? S I O N Sono. No. I've never heard that name. Sion, Japanese from Toyokawa, apparently. Um, so let's see, what do they have in here about this movie? This movie's crazy. A girl's life cascades into chaos as everyone around her suffers a gruesome fate while she herself becomes less and less certain of who she is and what kind of a world she lives in. Mm. So this movie is weird. They, just by the way, they showed a clip from this on the jo- Joel McHale show a couple weeks ago. No way. Which clip? Uh, when they're on the bus and she drops her pen. Yeah. Yeah, and then when the uh, the group of bicyclists ride by. Did that? That's okay. Yeah, because you were talk. You were telling me about this movie at work today, mm-hmm. and when you were talking about, it, I was like, God, that sounds familiar. Or <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they showed it on the Joel McHale show. <laughs> yeah, because I saw that clip too, and I was like, oh, she's on a bus, and like everyone dies. I was like, I think I've seen it. <laughs> yeah. It's in Joel's International Corner. <laughs> yeah. So that's basically the ver- the opening to the movie. Okay, like, so it's uh, not a big spoiler. And again, I went into this knowing nothing about it. Like, I didn't even know what kind of a movie it was. You just, you just saw that Japanese schoolgirl on the cover? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember why. Like, I guess I found it on... Netflix and something about it caught my eye. I think I had seen the, you know, the poster somewhere, like yeah. where I was looking for something to watch, and it does look interesting. But I'm not one. I'm not really into foreign movies, so mm. not a subtitle guy. Yeah, but yeah. I want to talk about that opening scene because it was pretty fun going into it not knowing anything because it starts out with no indication of like what kind of movie it is. There's just a so there are all these girls that go to an all-girls school, and they're on this bus going on a field trip, I guess, joking around, you know, just normal school thing. And then that girl reaches down because she dropped her pen, and then when she looks up, the bus has been sliced in half horizontally, and all of her friends, all of her classmates are missing their top halves, and there's blood spurting out everywhere. <laughs> I'm like... Holy shit. All right. I guess that's, that's what kind of movie this is. Let's um, start the credits. <laughs> <laughs> Opening crawl. Yeah. So 
she's obviously traumatized. She goes running down the street trying to warn other people. And uh, just everyone that she runs into keeps getting sliced in half by the wind, apparently. Like, there's nothing physical slicing them in half. Anyway. It's pretty hilarious, by the way. That's why they showed it on the Joel McHale show. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It is. And I mean, I don't know if it's a Japanese thing. I mean, it's just totally over the top, like blood spurting everywhere, like on her face and all this stuff, you know, mm-hmm. like it's, it's almost hard to take it seriously. Oh, well, maybe it, is it a comedy? No, no, definitely not a comedy. But I don't know. Sure I mean, you don't speak the language, so you might not get the nuance. Maybe it's a big, you know, satire. Well, okay. In a way it sort of is satire. If you think about the plot there is sort of a reason that it would be over the top and re- just really bloody and gory and stuff like okay. there's that makes sense in the plot i guess but at the time you know when that's the only scene you have to go off you're like oh, oh hmm. what is this but uh so from there the girl like washes all the blood off of herself in a river and then all of a sudden she's like at school, walking to school and all her friends are around her and they're like talking to her and she like doesn't seem to recognize them or she's confused. And they're like, why is her hair wet? And then she kind of slowly slips into that role. Like, okay, this is who I am. And then she's remembering the beginning of the movie as, as if it's just a dream, like it didn't actually happen. And then that happens a couple more times in the movie where it's like things are happening And then shit gets totally out of control, like weird, surreal things start happening. And then all of a sudden, she's like a different person. And she's like, okay, I like I've experienced all this stuff in this other life, but now I'm in this new life and a new body. And what what is going on? And as the viewer, you have no idea what's going on either. So, I mean, that that aspect of it almost reminded me of David Lynch, where it's like, okay, there's a lot of interesting stuff happening here, but I have no way to put it together in my brain. Mm-hmm. But then at the end, they do kind of tie it all together, and it makes a lot more sense. I don't know if it answers every question that it raises. Maybe I need to watch it again, but it actually ends up even having a message. Like, it's kind of a social commentary sort of thing. But, uh, yeah, I'd say it's an eventually... If you're okay with being confused for most of a movie, this is a pretty good one. And if you're okay with subtitles, I guess. Yeah. Is it the Mandela effect? Is that... She's she's shifting realities. Mm, (laughs) You don't have to say. He's not a good enough expert on the Mandela effect like you and I are. He can't really speak to it. (laughs) What? You just found out what the Mandela effect was like a month ago. What are you talking about? Like Christmas. Why did you think that was the first time I'd ever heard of it? Because you asked me about it. Like, what's the Mandela effect? Oh, well, I, maybe <laughs> maybe I hadn't heard that term, the Mandela effect, but I definitely heard of that concept before, like the Berenstein Bear thing. Okay. But Well, it sounds like a lot of bullshit to me, but... Okay. <laughs> well, you can believe what you want to believe, but that's not what's going on in, in this movie. Anyway, not a parallel universe thing. Oh, sorry. That's probably me. I quit doing that. <laughs> my, my foot itched. 
Um, so yeah, I think that pretty much covers it. All right. Good movie. Let's wrap Weird it up. Movie. Let's wrap it up, Mulder. All right. I'm going to bring it home with another film from 2017, Mom and Dad, directed by Brian Taylor, also written by him, starring Nicolas Cage, Selma Blair, Ann Winters, Zachary Arthur, Lance Henriksen. That's about it. Storyline. A teenage girl and her little brother must survive a wild 24 hours during which a mass hysteria of unknown origins <laughs> unknown origins causes parents to turn violently on their kids. Whose orange is this? Yeah. <laughs> Violent oranges. <laughs> unknown. Yes. So that was a joke. You didn't know whose orange it was. <laughs> it was an unknown orange. <laughs> um so this is clocks in at an hour and 26 minutes total runtime. So it's a very quick watch. It had gotten some buzz. It was at some film festivals. I don't know if it was South by Southwest or Sundance, but it was kind of a little bit of a hit. People were talking about it. Um, it's kind of a you know B movie. It's played for laughs. Um, Nicholas Cage is, I guess, how do I put it? He is free to explore all of his caginess nice. for this role. I'm a big fan of Nick Cage. Um, there's other people out there that kind of just like over-the-top Nicolas Cage, which I do too, but, you know, some people more than others. So if you're one of those people, you'll definitely love this fucking movie. But it's a really fun premise. Nicolas Cage and Selma Blair have, I think, about a 16-year-old daughter and uh, maybe about a 9- or 10-year-old boy. And at, like, school, all of a sudden it's locked down. Alarms are going off kids are leaving school and cops are everywhere like tackling parents because they're trying to get into the school to kill their kids you know they're like trying to climb fences and they get pretty creative with it um in the ways that parents are trying to kill their kids it's a pretty fun movie um some good laughs in there it ends kind of abruptly i'd say um i'd say the ending is probably it's the weakest part of it i guess i would give this movie a it's a close one for me. Um, I liked it enough. I'd watch it again, but I don't think it, it it delivers enough on its premise, probably, for the type of movie that it is. So I think I'm going to call it a last resort. But if you watch it, I think you'll be entertained, especially if this, you know, if you want a B movie with this type of plot and Nicolas Cage, then yeah, you're going to like it. But um, yeah, there's funny moments. Some decent, you know, thrilling horror action type stuff. But on the whole, I just felt it came up a little short. Um, could have made it longer by another five minutes. It made it a whole lot better, probably. But yeah, it's, I mean, I still kind of recommend you check it out if you're into any of this kind of stuff at all. But I'll just have to stamp it as a last resort. I was a little underwhelmed, I guess. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's because of all the fun stuff i heard about it because you know you hear the premise you're like well that sounds nuts that's nicholas cage well that's gotta be fun mm-hmm. it's gonna yeah. be a good bit of fun like, well it is but should have been more then again it is a nicholas cage <laughs> hey no hey no all right well i think that'll about do it um please 
follow us on Twitter at watch this underscore movie. You can check out our website at WTMWatchThisMovie.com. You can email us at WatchThisMovie at Yahoo.com. Please rate, subscribe on iTunes and or Stitcher. Other than that, we will check you later. Guess we'll see you around. All right, check you later. Bye. Wait, man, why are you always such a dork, man? What are you talking about? Check you later. Check you later. (laughs) Hey, man, you're off my case.